Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Justin Grasso. And I'm Kevin McCormick. And this is a podcast dedicated to covering the Philadelphia 76ers on the Believe Podcast Network. Kev, we came on last week. We talked about how the the trade rumors have been, you know, simmering down a little bit regarding Ben Simmons. And then the athletic does us the big favor of, of course, throwing more gasoline on the fire. That is the Ben Simmons, uh, I guess, trade sweepstakes, if that was even a thing before. If it wasn't before, it definitely is now. Ben Simmons is officially on the Sixers trade block. Yeah, it definitely. It felt like things kind of were starting to finally simmer down with that after it felt like the endless talk after they had gotten eliminated. But yeah, Shams decided that he was just going to, you know, dump some kerosene on that fire. But weirdly enough, it kind of felt like the Shams report told us everything that we had already known. I mean, there was reports that basically what I took away from it was leading up to this reading the tea leaves of reports and such, it felt like teams had approached Daryl Morey about Ben Simmons' availability. But after the Shams report, it feels like now maybe Daryl Morey is the one initiating these conversations as opposed to just simply fielding calls. It does feel like that. And and just like you said, none of this is surprising. Like we all saw this coming as soon as game seven ended. What, what did he end with? Four points? Something like that. Yeah. As soon as like as soon I've erased as we saw game that. seven from my memory. <laughs> it, it still feels fresh to me. But um because I keep writing about it. So but it, I mean we we knew it was it was going like that direction. And um really the only thing that we didn't know was if the Sixers are officially open for business or not. Um when the, the draft combine happened, it was reported that uh, Rich Paul and Daryl Morey and Elton Brand all had a meeting. And at that point, there was no indication that they're going to try and even work out a trade. It was still, we'll see if we can, you know, mend this and, and you know, make it work out before next season. At this point, it seems like, I mean, Sham said the writing's on the wall. So, you know, I, I, I get that not everybody knows exactly what's going on behind the scenes, but when someone's like Shams or Woj says something like the writing is on the wall, that means the writing is on the wall. Like that's that's as concrete as it gets. Exactly. The guys who are that connected, they when they put out something like that, they got it from either a very close direct source or something, you know, to almost an equivalent to that. So I agree. It definitely, after game seven, it felt like there was speculation, but now I feel like with each coming report and rumor that comes out, the more, the more knowledge we get, it really feels, you know, more and more of a reality that game seven was the final time we see Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, you know, don the same uniform on the court. Yeah. And you, and you have to think that Joel's kind of, flipped sides on where he was before the season. Cause remember before the season, he was willing yeah. to, all right, well let's, let's try and work this mm-hmm. out. And they both told doc rivers like, yeah, we want to, we want to try and win together. And doc said at the beginning of the year, that's fine and all, but you guys don't have too much time yeah. when, he, when the comment like that is made, that means it's this season or never. 
Mm-hmm. So obviously we know how it went this season. Joel was not pleased with uh, Ben after game seven. And I mean, right there, the writing was on the wall, but at this point it seems like the Sixers are open for business. Um, so far five teams have inquired for, for Ben and uh, your favorite team to write about the Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it seems like Kevin McCormick's got a, a Timberwolves article out every, every, uh, at least <laughs> once a week. Right. It feels um, like it. And then uh, the Pacers, which we kind of had an idea of, uh, there was there was a report out there that the Pacers offered um, Brogdon and I believe it was a first round. Yeah, Brogdon and a first. Yeah, and the Sixers said no. And then the Cavaliers, which we covered in the last uh, episode, apparently, why wouldn't they take Ben Simmons? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Kings, and then the one that shocked me the most was actually the Raptors. Yeah, that that one does shock me. Indiana actually is another one that shocks me because most of these other teams, when you hear them come about, it it makes a lot of sense from their end. But Indiana's the one where I'm kind of scratching my head when I'm hearing you know that they are you know they want to bring in Ben Simmons and his skill set just because of the way that they run everything through the the Monis Sabonis and they want to use him as this front court facilitator and also, you know, as that their leading guy. So I feel like if you bring in Ben Simmons, what exactly are you trying to do with him if you want to continue that that mindset of running thing everything through Sabonis? I feel like wherever Ben Simmons ends up moving forward, he's going to be used similarly to the way that, you know, Indiana uses Sabonis and that they want him to facilitate the offense through the front court. So the fact that they're willing to move on from Brogdon and bring in Simmons. Maybe they're trying to change the way they use Sabonis. I don't know. But, you know, just from the outside looking in, Indiana is kind of the head-scratching one in this Ben Simmons sweepstakes. I think it could be more of like a, I guess, like a marketing thing. Small market, bringing yeah. in this guy who's considered mm-hmm. a star. He's, I mean, aside from Dame Lillard, he's the biggest name available. And we don't know. We'll, we'll get there. Not not going there yet. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's it's more so just there's a star available, um, young guy, 24, in his prime and has multiple years left on his contract. Bring him into a small market. Maybe that kind of, you know, puts some more fans in the seats or something. I, I, I'm not really sure, but that and the Raptors were definitely the two that were kind of head-scratching to me. And, you know, I, I look at these teams and really – so the Sixers reportedly want an all-star that's in his prime in return. Obviously we all know that like that, that's something that you don't get rid of Simmons unless you're getting a star in return to match up with Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. So of all those teams, there really isn't an all-star in his prime. The only one close to that is De'Aaron Fox. And Hey, 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 there is one. D'Angelo Russell was an all-star in Brooklyn. Uh, um hey kevin Kevin. (laughs) hey hey well and we we go back to that remember the timberwolves don't want to move on from d'angelo russell so i don't know where the timberwolves think that they can keep all of their quote-unquote stars together Mm -hmm. and land ben simmons i don't know do they think daryl morey's a moron or something i don't i don't get it maybe they just assume they're the smartest guy in the room maybe i don't don't know (laughs) who knows but the only thing close to basically the description of what the Sixers want is De'Aaron Fox. And you talked about it um, earlier this week that the Kings aren't moving on from De'Aaron Fox. So at this point, what can the Kings really offer? 
Yeah, that's what's made this whole Simmons thing so puzzling. So I completely agree that Ben Simmons' value dropped after this postseason. That, you know, earlier on in the season, we were talking about him potentially, you know, leading the package to net James Harden. Obviously, that didn't happen. Now, obviously, a player like that might not be on the table, depending on what you're adding to the mix. But the fact that teams think that his value has dropped that much, that they're able to acquire him without giving up a key piece is just mind boggling. This guy, like you said, just said, 24 years old, four years left on his deal. He's getting ready to enter the prime years of his career. He's still one of the league's best facilitators. He's arguably the league's best and most versatile defender. And even though he has his shortcomings offensively, he still contributes to winning. He was part of a team that was atop their conference. And although Joel Embiid, you know, could have been the MVP this year, Ben Simmons still did play a hand in the Sixers finishing atop the Eastern Conference. He is still worth enough of you know, netting a more than good player in return. So the fact that Minnesota is saying they're not willing to include D'Angelo Russell, that Sacramento says they don't they don't want to include Fox. But I could see that. Obviously, he's their franchise cornerstone. Obviously, they'd want to bring in Simmons to pair with him. But none of these teams have pieces outside of that to warrant a deal. I mean, the Sacramento report said that a package revolving around Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley and, and picks like – what good does that do for the Sixers? I know Buddy Hill has been a name linked to the Sixers for years that someone fans have clamored for, but now they have Seth, Seth Curry. Buddy Hill isn't really the necessity that he was in the past. So all of these teams, they don't really provide the enticing package, and they're also trying to be like, hey, we want this guy, but we're not willing to give you anything nice in return. Yeah, and let's, let's not even forget um, that Dave Yeager is still on this coaching staff, and him and Buddy Hill are not friends. Ah, good point. <laughs> yeah, well, because I pointed that out um, when they hired Jaeger, saying like, because that that was at the point where everyone still Sixers need to trade for Buddy Heald, and then yep. as soon as they hire Jaeger, it's like, well, what's the point now? Because mm-hmm. they didn't get along like at all. Mm-hmm. So th- basically, where we're at, we're at the early stages. The season's not even technically over yet, so obviously teams are going to low ball. It's just, it's just what it is. They know that this, this is still fresh, that game seven loss. And like you said, Ben Simmons value dropped and teams are just trying to see, well, how far did it drop? Daryl Morey's not that dumb. Teams are just kind of throwing out feelers like, all right, is this guy an idiot? Will he make this trade? No teams aren't stupid. They know what Ben Simmons brings to the table. He's still going to have value. still going to have high value really. And it all comes down to, you know, how far are they willing to go? And for the Sixers, you can wait. Like, you can hold on to Ben Simmons. Now, I don't know how long they're willing to hold on to him. I don't know if they're willing to go in the training camp with him. But, like I said, they're not going to trade this guy for the sake of getting a deal done. They want an all-star in his prime. They want Damian Lillard. Let's not even <laughs> – let's not miss this. Dame Lillard is – going to be the biggest name Simmons is probably the biggest name right now available but if and when Damian Lillard becomes available that's who the Sixers should be gunning for that's who I'm very confident that the Sixers are going to be gunning for and there was a report that came out on Friday that any day now Damian Lillard is going to request a trade from the Blazers and then the reports have just 
absolutely poured out. My timeline yesterday was almost all Damian Lillard reports. It had me wondering, where are my sources? The fact that everyone under the sun apparently is linked to this situation. I feel like I saw Damian Lillard being linked to a third of the NBA at this point. But yeah, he is without a doubt. If he becomes available, that is the top of Daryl Morey's checklist. It, it fits his MO of, you know, being the guy that goes for the big splash. And let's not forget, Daryl Morey was one of the last men standing for James Harden. He was one of the last men standing for Kyle Lowry. When there is a big name out there, Daryl Morey is going to be one of those sharks circling it. And when you have a guy like Ben Simmons that you could, you know, net that could be the the headline of a package. Not many teams can compete with that. And like you were just saying about Indiana being, you know, from a marketing standpoint of wanting to bring in a star because they're a smaller market. If you're moving on from one star and you can bring in, you know, former number one overall pick, multi-time all-star, you know, and you feel like you can fix him down the line, you could have another star on your hands under team control for four years. So if Damian Lillard does become available, I feel like the Sixers are going to have one of the most enticing packages. Yeah, the only thing that really is unfortunate for the Sixers right now is the fact that it doesn't sound like Portland has any interest in Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Now, that could be because they're obviously trying to salvage their situation with Damian Lillard. They're not going to sit there, put out feelers like, yeah, we like this guy, Ben Simmons, and we're going to inquire about him. What would it take to bring him here? You know, right now, their priority is making Dame happy, keeping Dame, because like, I mean, the guy is Portland. Like he is the face of their team. He's been the face of their team since what, 2012. So like, yeah, obviously you want to keep them happy. That's like if Joel wanted to leave, like the Sixers are going to do all they want to keep Joel and bead in Philly. So I just don't think Portland is there yet to put out the feelers to say like, Hey, we're trading this guy. Um, You know, there was a report on Friday as well, while all this was, kind of you know making its rounds on the timeline there's a report that um the gm and the coach were going to go meet with dame lillard in vegas now that that to me is very telling like all these reports can come out and all you know and and do whatever they can be rumors but when the gm and the coach are going to meet up with the player yeah there's fire where that smoke is Mm -hmm. so dame lillard said he'll address the situation after team USA practice. I don't mean you laughed about it before this. I don't know what anyone expected. Like this wasn't, this guy wasn't going to come on and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm out of Portland, you know, trade me. We're open for business. Like, come on. Dame Lillard did exactly what anyone with common sense should have expected. He comes on says, you know, I, I haven't decided on my future and all that. Now in a way, if you want to see Dame Lillard move on from Portland, he said exactly what you want to hear mm-hmm. without coming out and saying, I want to be traded. He said, I haven't decided on my future yet. And even before that press conference, he, uh, he did a sit down with Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Now, it was, a, it was a Q&A, and he said a lot. But the one quote that stood out to me the most was he said, so I feel like at this point, I basically made the decision – that if you do what you've always done, you'll always be where you'll where you've always been. That sounds like a guy to me that's like, I need I need a change. Yeah, philosophical dame is coming out, but I agree with you completely about the meeting with the the GM and Chauncey Billups. If everything was fine and dandy, they wouldn't be going out to Vegas to speak with him before he goes to Tokyo for the Olympics. So it really could feel like that's the deciding factor, and it, it's one of those. 
Dame didn't necessarily come out and say anything of uh, supreme value when you look at it on the surface. But if you read the tea leaves and you follow how these things develop in the past, like you just said, all, all those, you know, the, those quotes that, that don't say a lot, but kind of do say a lot in the same sense. It feels like the Dame sweepstakes could be very, very close just because it doesn't seem like he's content. He might not want to leave, but he also might not want to stay. So there definitely is that that very real possibility that we see the the official trade requests come about. All I know is when guys like Shams and Woj are constantly reporting this kind of stuff. Yep eventually it comes to light that okay this is very real mm-hmm. like you you can have people on twitter all you want with the sources say this and blah 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 like a lot of people you know i i don't know where they're getting it from but you know a lot of the time it could be it could just be you know a bad source or just like some very vague information and people mm-hmm. don't go and check up on you know with other sources to try and double triple check that yeah. but wojin shams like it, I mean, it's as concrete as it gets. So mm-hmm. if they might not be there yet, the Blazers, they might not be trying to put out feelers, but I mean, this, this is, it's almost inevitable at this point. And um, I mean, the, the Sixers are going to be involved now. Again, it comes down to does Portland want Ben Simmons? I still think at some point it's going to have to be a three-way trade, maybe with Minnesota. I, I don't know. All I know is, all of those previous packages that are being proposed for Simmons that include, you know, all these first round picks and stuff, the Sixers don't need that. They don't need first round picks. They need a guy like Dame Lillard. And if they're not getting that, then like we said on the last episode, they go plan B, you keep Simmons, you move them. And then you try and get like a Kyle Lowry or uh, you said Zach Levine. So Oh man, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, off season. That's for sure. It is. And the, the three team deal aspect is, I feel like it, if it does happen, that's the route it's going to go. Look at the James Harden trade. It was almost clear as day that he wanted to go to Brooklyn and Brooklyn wanted to acquire him. And look how many different moving pieces had to be involved in different teams got in on it to see, you know, to try and grab their quick piece of the pie while, you know, some of the the upper echelon teams are moving star talent. So while netting all the, these young assets may not make sense for the Sixers, if you can capitalize on how bad a team wants a player like Ben Simmons, like Minnesota is a clear example. Like you said at the very beginning, I've written endlessly about Minnesota's interests, reading the tea leaves and, and the smoke and mirrors. It feels like Minnesota badly wants to acquire Ben Simmons. And it makes a lot of sense on their standpoint. If you can add Ben Simmons to D'Angelo Russell, to Carl Anthony Towns, you know, D'Lo and Ben played together in high school. Kat and Ben are friends off the floor. They're all in a similar timeline, getting ready to enter the prime years of their career together. So it makes sense why they are trying so hard to acquire Ben Simmons. So if you can capitalize on that and use that to your advantage and say, you know, where maybe Ben Simmons goes to Minnesota and Dame comes to the Sixers and you capitalize on how bad Minnesota wants Ben to where you can use some of their young assets, some of their draft picks as well to up your package, then, you know, maybe that is the key to getting Damian Lillard in a Sixers uniform. I also wonder too, if there's some sort of, I guess, criteria that Daryl Morey is trying to meet, like in terms of where like does he have a specific team that he wouldn't send Simmons to like I I could see him being like I don't want to play against Ben Simmons if he's playing for the Raptors yeah 
like because I remember I, I know the Rockets had had something like I, I don't think they wanted to send James Harden to a Western Conference team because mm-hmm. you know same conference you don't want them there yep so I wonder if the Sixers have that with Simmons so I if that's not to the mention case, Rich Paul's his agent and Rich Paul is the most powerful NBA agent so that that factor yeah. definitely is going to play a role in however this ends up definitely and you know I, I made that point a couple episodes ago too where it's like Rich Paul is not just looking out for Ben Simmons basketball fit. It's also from yeah. business. Like, does he want Ben Simmons going to a small market? Does he want Ben Simmons playing in Indiana? Yeah. Does Ben, does ben Simmons want to go to India? Like, this is a guy we're talking about who has a mansion in New Jersey, has where uh, he had, I don't know if he still has it, a condo, like right in the heart of Center City in Philly. And then he's got a big mansion out in LA yeah, now. Just bought that huge mansion in LA. Yeah. yeah so now he's going to go live in Indiana. <laughs> no offense to Indiana. Just Ben Simmons, not an Indiana type guy. So yeah. same thing with Minnesota. Does Ben Simmons want to go live in Minnesota? So it's, it's interesting and it definitely, you know, you're dealing with rich Paul here. So, you know, and everyone thinks that Ben's probably going to go out to like LA, go play for the Lakers. Like, no, who are the Sixers getting from the Lakers? Yeah. They got Kyle, LeBron. Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah, Kyle. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it, it's definitely, there, there's so many factors playing into this. And as much as people want to say Ben Simmons has no leverage here, mm-hmm. listen, this is the NBA. Yeah. This is the NBA and the stars run the league. Ben Simmons has leverage here. Trust me. Yeah. And not only is he a star, he has, you know, the the ringleader of of NBA agents behind him. So that definitely is a factor of it. And the whole thing of, you know, GMs building reputation of when they move on from their stars, they help them get to, you know, proper situations, something Sam Presti has been able to do on multiple occasions now with what he's been able to do in OKC. So Maybe Daryl Morey is looking out for that as well for potential stars down the line, you know, when they do come to Philadelphia or, you know, who he plans to acquire. So it definitely is going to be tricky, but if Damian Lillard becomes available, I think he pulls out absolutely all the stops to make it happen. We saw he fell short and hardened and Lowry. I don't think he lets it happen again with Lillard. Yeah. And do you, do you think if the Sixers land Lowry, it makes a, a significant difference? Yes, it, I, I feel like it really depends on how the roster shakes up, you know, on, you know, following down. I think a uh, big three of Joel Embiid, Kyle Lowry, and Tobias Harris is nice. Does it keep you on par with Brooklyn, with Milwaukee, with whoever you could potentially see out West? Maybe. I'd say at this point at 35, 36 years old, Kyle Lowry would be better more as kind of the third best guy on a title team as opposed to the second, but it would be an upgrade in a sense of he gives them clearly what they needed in the postseason. It really just how, when does father time catch up? When does the size factor catch up? There's so many intangibles with it that I feel like there's about three to four different realities of how the sixer season could go if they did bring Kyle Lowry home. Yeah, the, definitely the uh, the age factors. It's like that, and then it's not even that. It's also Toronto wasn't a good team last year, mm-hmm. so you know how much of Lowry's because he had a good season statistically, but how much of those is yeah. like padding stats and all mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, I mean, it, listen, the the Sixers. I wouldn't be surprised if they still go for Kyle Lowry if they miss out on Dame Lillard or if Dame Lillard doesn't actually become available, mm-hmm. but. 
I, I yeah, I, I can't imagine he moves the needle for the Sixers right now. Like, I, I think it's seriously just Dame Lillard a bust. Yeah, I think Kyle Lowry would move the needle if Ben Simmons were to stay and they were like, hey, Ben, we're going to turn you into Draymond Green 2.0. We're going to bring in Lowry to run the offense. And then you have this core, this potential starting five of Kyle Lowry, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. That is a very nice starting five. I think that is a lineup that could compete for NBA championships and such. But if, if you're moving on from Ben Simmons and Kyle Lowry is the main piece you're, you're bringing back, I don't know if that's necessarily a needle mover, especially because I feel like you could do much better with trading Ben Simmons than using him in a potential Lowry sign and trade. And like you said before, I don't know how I feel about Ben Simmons going to Toronto. Nick nurse runs a scary defensive system. Now you're giving him one of the best defenders in the league. That is terrifying to say the least. Yeah. That that's why I'm like Toronto can reach out all they want. I don't think, I don't think Ben's going to end up in in Toronto. I don't think he's going to end up in Indiana Mm -hmm. just for those factors alone. So, I mean, the, the other, and then Cleveland, he's not going to Cleveland. Cause yeah. what is Cleveland going to offer? Colin Sexton? Yeah. Kevin Love. Apparently. I don't know Kevin why, Love, pe- yeah. but I don't know why people are falling in love with Kevin Love. He, <laughs> I don't know it, why people are falling in love with Kevin. Yeah. Why? We saw how the Horford thing went down. Why now, if, especially more so after seeing what Tobias Harris did at power forward this season, why are you trying to throw a new wrench in that? Kevin Love has shown that his best years are behind him. He, you know, can barely stay on the court. You don't know what you're really necessarily getting in him, and you're going to own $60 million over the next two seasons. Colin Sexton, good young guard, I would say. he He's more on the underrated side right now, more so because he's playing in Cleveland. He's continued to get better. He scored on good efficiency last season, but he's due for an extension this offseason, and he's – it, reports have already said he wants a max contract. So not only are you bringing in Colin Sexton, but you'd likely have to offer him a max extension before he even steps on the floor for you. So it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. He has no playoff experience. Yeah. And then Kevin Love, you talk about Kevin Love, this guy pulled himself from the Olympics because he yeah. said he's, he doesn't feel good enough right now. He's like not peak performance. So no, I, I mean, I mean, you you say that people are falling in love with Kevin Love. I don't. I think people in Cleveland are just trying to like stir that no, up because I've you seen Sixers fans talking. I've about seen that? Sixers Twitter really like d- selling themselves on the idea of oh, no. Sexton and Love being the move, and I'm like, what is has the past playoffs scarred people that much that they think Kevin Love in 2021 is the answer? Like you just said, he just pulled himself from the Olympics. <laughs> And now the only positive of it is now we get to see Olympic JaVale McGee. And I absolutely, when I got that Shams notification that he was the replacement, I loved every second of it. You might literally be the only one. (laughs) I thought it was great. (laughs) I saw so many people like, this is the worst team since whatever year. And I was just like, oh my God. JaVale McGee started his career as a meme and might end it as a multi-time champion gold medalist. Are we going to be talking about JaVale McGee potentially being in talks to be a Hall of Famer? Like, could you imagine no. if he builds up those kind of accolades? That like, that's just what's running through my head. Like, give me JaVale McGee in the Olympics. I need it. I need it. Like, I need oxygen. Oh no! Do you even think Team USA is winning gold? Yes, I still think they're going to sleepwalk. To you the gold still medal. think so? 
Who else is it? They lost uh, Brad Beal too. Brad Beal and Jeremy Grant. But still, yeah. still have Kevin Durant. No, they didn't. They didn't lose Jeremy Grant. He just. Oh, he's going to come back. Yeah. Yeah, he's only. They in lost the Kevin Love and Bradley Beal. Yeah, Kevin Love. They didn't. Again, Kevin Love ditched them. I think there's a conversation that Javale McGee is an upgrade over Kevin Love. So listen, maybe now, yeah, because Kevin Love's not at peak performance, like you admit it. Still got Kevin Durant. Still got Damian Lillard. You still have. Jason Tatum, nice supporting defenders, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo. They're going to figure it out. They're going to sleepwalk to a gold medal. There's three different guys on the roster that could score 50 with their eyes closed. So I'm not too worried about Team USA. You don't think Team USA is tanking? I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever ridiculous. I have seen a couple of those jokes. They're funny every time. Team USA is tanking. I think the memes I've loved the best are all the Kevin Durant memes after they've lost preliminaries and they say that he's going to jump shift to, to a new uh, national yeah, team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All those those uh, Kevin Durant jokes are hilarious. Yeah. Speaking of the Olympics, how about Olympic Matisse Thibel? Yeah. I mean, listen, the Olympics, the Olympics is the time where players just like they come out and unexpectedly come out and do some great things. So So it's definitely awesome to see. Yeah. I've been more than pleased from the, the highlight clips that I've seen of Matisse Thibault. I've, you know what he's going to do defensively, but seeing what he's been able to do on the other end is extremely promising. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the key for him really in the Olympics is obviously we already know what he's doing defensively. Maybe just work on the, uh, the discipline a little bit. Yeah. But that three point shot is key. And I mean, it, it seems like it's, he's hitting it. Yeah. We saw him break out the Danny Green cut in the Olympics. I, yeah. I saw a clip of that, and I was like, all right, that's what I love to see. That's who he wants to be. He said it. He's, he wants to be the, the next Danny Listen, Green, which would be great for the Sixers or the uh, the Trailblazers. And that's oh, – <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, when are you going to oh, catch that? <laughs> oh, man. Uh that we, we can't even get to the end of the, the trade package yet because there's going to be there's going to be a couple a couple it's, it's going to be a mess because because Matisse could end up in, in yeah. uh, Minnesota as well yeah Matisse Tyrese Maxey I've already seen Sixers Twitter trying to sell themselves in the idea I've I've already seen trade machine screenshots of Damian Lillard trades that don't involve Matisse Thibel or Tyrese Maxey so we're still in the oblivious stage of the Sixers potentially acquiring Damian Lillard and we will slowly creep our way to realism yeah I want to also throw out there that this is a reminder I might do this for every single episode that we do nobody except for Joel Embiid is untouchable in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes you can get rid of Tyrese. Ma- you can afford to get rid of Tyrese Maxey. You can afford to get rid of Matisse Thibel. I saw someone say Isaiah Joe. You can seriously afford to get rid of Isaiah Joe. <sighs> I don't know. Shake I'm, Milton, all those guys. I'm such a big Isaiah Joe guy. I'd be sad about that. <laughs> I'm so – I listen, I like Isaiah Joe yeah. too, but he's You know, not honestly, what it is, and, and I was talking to somebody about this uh, about a week or two ago, is that when you see these conversations of like, oh, they can't get rid of Tyrese Maxey for Damian Lillard and stuff like that, it's just as – this might hurt some Sixers fans' feelings, but I feel like there are so many fans that came on during the process that – They've just fallen in love with with rooting for young players and, and wanting to see them grow and develop because that was, you know, one of the more fun things of the process of getting to see these young guys blossom and, and to see what they become. And I think with that, they can't kind of switch their their paradigm of it now. 
so that they feel like they can't move on from guys like that because they're so hooked on watching guys develop and are scared of what they could become after witnessing the process that now we're seeing Isaiah Joe and Tyrese Maxey are untouchable in a trade that could potentially give you Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid on the court together in the same uniform. I definitely agree with that. Um, But then there's also the fact that a lot of those times, those, I guess, obsessions, we can call it, they're sometimes short-lived. And so, yeah, if they trade Tyrese Maxey this offseason, it's going to sting a lot because Tyrese Maxey wasn't here long enough to kind of hit a struggling point where everyone's like, okay, I'm kind of – I'm over that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But, like, a guy like Shake Milton – they could trade Shake Milton and everyone would just be like, all right, yeah. whatever. But like last year, if they were to trade Shake Milton, mm-hmm. you know, when he had that emergence, yeah, then everybody would be pissed off. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you love Tyrese Maxey now, but he just hasn't been around long enough to really kind of hit like a sophomore slump or something. So I get it. Like it it's it is great to see fans cheer on these young players and give them that support. And um you know, it's definitely awesome. It definitely boosts their confidence. Like guys like Paul Reed, Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah yeah. Joe, they feel the love. But I mean, listen, they're not untouchable. Not you're, the slightest. You're trying to win now. Like if this was, and you're trying to trade for a top ten guy in the league right now. Literally, exactly. like every every single chip is on the table. If this is 2017, then you're like, okay, yeah, I want to see these guys grow. See, see yeah. where they're at in 2020, mm-hmm. but. You've seen it. Joel. Yeah. We, we, Joel and B does not have that much time left. He's got, he's got some years, but I mean, you have to strike while the iron is hot. Iron it's, it's is burning. Really hot. It's it burning. Hot. It is hot. And you don't want to upset this guy. You want to build the best possible playoff team around him. That's the thing that people need to understand. Yeah. You already saw the Sixers mm-hmm. get that first seed. It translated to nothing new. Those regular season wins, they don't mean jack when the playoffs come around. Like, yeah, sure, you want the home court advantage, but that home court advantage didn't work the way you thought it was going to work. Not at all. I Atlanta winning three times in Philly? It still doesn't feel real, and I agree. It's time that the Sixers become a 16-win team and not an 82-1. The, it, it basically what it's come down to. I mean, Ben Simmons has shown that he is an 82-game guy, might not be a 16-game guy. We're here to hoist Larry O'Brien now. It's time to to chase titles. And like you said, Joel Embiid doesn't have, you know, this many prime years left. So if you're going to do it in an opportunity like this, opportunities to land a guy like Damian Lillard under contract for four more years doesn't happen all the time. So it happens, you have to make the most of it. If you pair Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard, they're instantly a top three duo in the league right now. You just obviously it's gonna take some some suffering to get where you want. And if it means saying goodbye to Tyrese Maxey this young, if it means saying goodbye to Matisse Thibel, it's gonna sting. But you know, once Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid are on the court together, you're not gonna be worrying about it. Yeah, I mean Let's be honest. The, f- the first, the first couple of wins, it's going to be well. We should have kept this guy. We should have kept that guy. Yeah. But listen. And then the first time they lose, it'll be like, oh my god, could you imagine if they kept Tyrese Maxey or Matisse? Like, yeah. Tyrese like, Maxey will become the new Mikael Bridges. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. No, not sure. a doubt in my mind. Listen, it it doesn't matter when the playoffs roll around. 
That's what you're that's what yeah. you're playing for. It exactly. doesn't matter. You get one of the, you know, top five seeds, whatever. None of none of that matters. So that's all we have for today. Um, I'm sh- I'm almost hundred percent confident that there will be more <laughs> to uh unwrap next week. We do want to start talking draft soon. The draft is in under two days. weeks now. Yeah, under two weeks. So, you know, I, I don't even know if the Sixers are going to have the, the yeah. 28th pick when that rolls around. Sorry to say, Kev, because Kev's out here <laughs> rolling out these draft profiles and might <laughs> literally just be wasting his time. Or you could just be doing it for other teams to yeah, read those draft profiles. But go check those out. And um, we're covering everything dame lillard at uh si.com all 76ers.com it's easier to type in but um that's all we have for today thank you for tuning in kev drop your twitter handle it's at kevin mcc mba mine's at jay grasso underscore and we'll talk to you next week listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube